We continue in our reflections on the book of Colossians. We've been thinking together from Colossians chapter 3. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And then we've been looking for the rest of the chapter of what that really means. And it says in the book of Colossians that first you have to take off certain things. There are things that we wear, things that we have in our lives that are not healthy for us. Um, Paul says, get rid of them, put them to death, therefore, all these things. And we've been looking together at what those, some of those are. But then it says here in verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, after you put to death those things, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love. So you clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and so on. And then over it all, like a big coat that you put on top of all those other clothes, you put love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And then last time we looked at this, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So once you've clothed yourself, then you have access to the peace of Christ. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Today we're going to look at verse 16, which says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another, with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We're going to ask two questions because this verse really tells us that we need to be learners and teachers both at the same time. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. We need to allow, be learners because we have to allow the word of Christ to dwell in us. But then we have to be teachers as we teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. We're going to ask two questions. Firstly, what does that mean? And secondly, how do we do it? Natural questions to ask. Well, what does it mean? Let's look first at John 16. This is Jesus speaking with his disciples. And in John 16, he says this. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and what he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Today is Pentecost Sunday. So we're going to be looking together at the role of the Spirit in being teachers, in being learners together. The Spirit is the one that helps us accomplish that task that it speaks about in the book of Colossians. 
So what is the role of the Holy Spirit in this? Well, first of all, we have to recognize that we have a limited understanding, a limited ability to understand the things of God. Jesus said to them in verse 12, he says, I want to tell you so much more, but you can't bear it right now. Not that they're, they're down and they, it's just too much to load on them, but he says, you know what? You don't know enough. You haven't got enough foundation in your life. You're not really ready that's what the, the Greek word implies. You're not ready to understand all the things I really want to tell you. It, it's just impossible for you to, to comprehend it all because you have to build from a foundation and you haven't even got the foundation all sorted yet. So how can I give you all this other spiritual truth that I want to give to you? It's not possible. You can't bear it right now. You can't carry it. It, it wouldn't work on your shoulders. It wouldn't work in your life. So we have to recognize that we have a limited understanding of the things of God. And also we have a limited ability, therefore, to put into that knowledge into practice. We have a limited wisdom, too. God wants to explain the deep truths about himself to you and me. But we need help from outside. We need the Holy Spirit to come and to teach us and to build that foundation so that we can actually take that truth within us. Otherwise, it won't happen. In Zechariah 4.6, the word says this. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. What a wonderful name. I wish there were more kids called Zerubbabel today. He said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Some of us think we, we're very clever with the things of God, that we understand the things of God, that, that pride so easily gets in and says, you know what, I, I don't need that. I had somebody I was talking to a number of years ago. They said to me, they said, I, I asked them why they hadn't joined a tag group. And they said, well, I, didn't, I haven't joined a tag group because I'm beyond most of the people there. So what they said to me. I said, Really? I said, really? You need to be in a tag group with that kind of attitude. But they had this pride that says, you know what, I, I have a far superior understanding of the things of God than, than the people that would meet. Well, then go teach them from your superior knowledge if you think you have that. But there is a danger within all of us. Well, I don't really need God to teach me stuff. I, I'm getting along fine on my own. Thank you very much. And we need to come with a humility that says, you know what, Spirit of God, I'm, I'm like those disciples. I'm on the foundation. I'm still craving spiritual milk when I should be on solid food. Help me, Lord. And it's not by my own might. It's not by my own power. But it's, it's going to be by the Spirit that we receive, that we can grow. But the Spirit is sent to guide us. Now, I need some help here. What does it really mean to guide us? Phil, come down here. Good. Okay, Inika, I want you to guide Phil to the back of the church. Can you do that? Go give Brian a high five. No, don't touch him. He hasn't washed only joking, only joking. Stop. Move towards me. 
Go straight down. No. <laughs> Step forward. Um, I'll just slightly move to your right. Uh, that's enough. Move straight forward again. Move slightly to your left. And now turn right. Step forward about five steps. Stop. Um, turn around. Take one more step forward. Now, why do we do that? Well, because the Spirit, it says in John's Gospel, is sent to guide us. Now, guidance, firstly, takes time. Sometimes we think when the Holy Spirit is sent to guide us, it means I'm going to get answers like this. But guidance, just like Phil going to the back, takes time. It's like walk this way, walk this way, do this, do this, turn here, stop, everything else. It's going to take time for the Spirit to guide us. And we need to be patient in that guidance from the Holy Spirit. Secondly, it requires us to allow another to lead. If Phil had just went, well, I'm not listening to Inika. Well, she, she's, I know her. She's going to make me fall over some chair somewhere. I'm not going to listen. That's why I didn't do it. Right? It, You've got to trust in the person that's leading you, right? When you get led by someone, it's not just giving instruction. Phil, just go. It was a journey that they took together. But you have to require and allow another person to lead you, to give you the instruction. You need to listen to what they're saying to you, and you need to follow. If Enoch had been standing here, go, Phil, go f forwards. And then Enika walked off and Phil just stayed there. Nothing would have happened. Brian would be there for the rest of the day with his hand up like this waiting for Phil to give him a high five, right? It requires for us to be obedient in following where the Spirit of God wants to lead us. John 16 says that the Spirit is going to lead you, guide you. And that means that you have to, it's going to take time, but he's going to speak to you and you need to be willing to listen to the Spirit of God and then to follow when the Spirit of God tells you to do something. So this is what I want you to do, now follow it. And it's a never-ending role of the Holy Spirit, individually and corporately in his church. That the Spirit's role, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to do that guidance in your life. The Spirit will be constantly talking to you. Leading you. Enoch didn't stop, right? She didn't say, oh, I got fed up with this. I'm just going to let him on and go on his own now. Constantly. Right, stop, start, go this, turn right, turn left. No, stop. Keep going. Spin around, sit down, do what you like. But constantly talking. And the Spirit of God is doing the same thing for you and me. Constantly speaking to us. Constantly saying, I'm going to guide you. That's what Jesus said. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, in verse 13. But then how, how does that really work? How does the spirit of God guide you and me? 
Well, let's look together in 1 Corinthians because this explains it. How the Spirit does this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning of verse 6, it says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no mind, human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now listen to this. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them, because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to mere human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Turn to the person next to you and tell them they got the mind of Christ. You believe that? The Word says it. If you've got the Spirit of God, if you have come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you have the mind of Christ. So how, what's it really saying there? Well, first of all, that the Spirit dwells in the realms of God. The Spirit hangs out where God is because the Spirit is God, right? So the Spirit is there in the heavenly realms. It's not that the Spirit left the heavenly realms and came down to be with you and me and therefore has no connection. The Spirit is everywhere. And so the Spirit is a connection, if you like, between the heavenly courts and what's going on there and your and my life. So the Spirit hangs around there. And therefore, the Spirit knows the things of God. You ever been in a, like in a coffee shop? And you hear an interesting conversation in the table next to you. You don't know who they are, but it's really, it's far more interesting than the person you're chatting to. It's never happened to me, of course, but I'm just making this up. But have you ever been there? You tune in, don't you? And you keep going, uh-huh, 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 to the person that's talking to you. But really, you're not listening to them. You're listening to the conversation that's going on next to you. Why? Because you're dwelling in their realm. You're listening to their conversation. Even better on the tube, isn't it? When you're sitting there with your headphones on and you hear an interesting conversation because nobody else is talking anyway. So what do you do? 
you turn down your own music a little bit so you can multitask even as a guy and listen in. So you're in their realm. And so you understand, you start picking up the things that they're talking about. You, listen, you can't help it sometimes. You're just listening in. And the Spirit of God is doing that. He's listening in to the things of God. And therefore, He knows the things of God. He understands the things of God. But the Spirit's role is to reveal that listening in to you and me. The truth about God to reveal it to you and me. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians in John 16. The Spirit is going to reveal that truth to you and me. Verse 12. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. So that we understand it. That's what the spirits come to do. But then it's our responsibility, verse 13, to speak that truth and only that truth to others. Verse 13, this is what we speak. Not what the God speaks, what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. You see, the Spirit of God doesn't just teach you and me for our own benefit. He teaches you so that you can pass that on to someone else. That's what the Spirit's trying to do. The Spirit wants to elevate you, wants to grow you, so that you in turn can teach and grow others. It's like Mar Marion was a teacher, right? She went to school, to, to university. She learned how to teach. She didn't come out of university and go, fantastic, you know, I'm now fully qualified as an RE teacher. Don't like kids. I'm not going to teach them any word, right? So you, she, she was there employed and she went in and the kids come into the classroom and she just sat there and said, you guys can do what you like, I'm not telling you nothing. Because what I learn is for me. And that's it. Not for you. Well, she wouldn't have lasted very long as a teacher. I'm sure the head would have, principal would have called her in and said, well, what's going on? And it's the same with the Spirit of God for you and me. The Spirit teaches you so that you can relay that to other people. But it's, it's not your human wisdom. And this is the tricky bit. It's not your human wisdom that needs to be relayed. It's the spiritual truth that comes from God. We're very quick to relay our human wisdom. Every meeting we go to, we always have thoughts about, what do you think about this? All of us will put our hands up, right? I know what I think. I'm going to say, but that's not what we want. We want the spiritual wisdom. What is God saying to you about this subject? Speak that into other people's lives. Let's go back. That's what Colossians is saying. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish 
one another. So as the message of Christ, as the Spirit of God teaches you the truths about God, your responsibility is to then relate that to other people. Right? Hello? You with me? Good. The big question is, well, let's go. John 16, back to where we were a minute ago. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, what will he do? He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. You see, the father, the word says the father tells the son. And the son tells the spirit and the spirit tells you and you are to tell someone else. Right? That's, that's what the word says. That's the father to the son, son to the spirit, spirit to you and me, you and me to other people. That's the order that comes through. He's going to guide you. One last thing about this. When it says into all the truth, that does not mean, it's not a very good translation in the, in the NIV. It should be in, in all the truth. Not into. Into kind of implies that we can all go on mastermind and win because the Spirit of God will teach us absolutely everything, right? That's not what the Greek says. The Greek says that the Spirit will teach us in all the truth. The Spirit has the whole truth, right? In all the sphere of truth of God, within that, God will teach you what you need to know, how He wants you to learn, right? Do you understand the difference? So it's not like you're going to suddenly become amazingly intelligent about every single subject under the heavens or even in the heavens. What it's saying is that within where you're going, where the Spirit is leading you, the Spirit will teach you the truth of God in those moments, every moment as you journey. That's the truth that the Spirit of God is going to teach you. He's going to guide you in that sphere of the whole truth of God, where he wants you to go. So the truth that Tim is taught will be different to the truth that I am taught. The truth that Charlotte is taught is going to be different to the truth that Tim and myself is taught. Why? Because we're on a different journey. So why do we need to teach one another? Because we're all receiving different truths from the Spirit of God, right? So if you want to grow in your Christian life, you know, I need to hear the, the truth that comes through Lindsay and the truth that comes through Richard, you know, and, and so on. Each one of us has the truth if you follow Jesus Christ and if you listen to the Holy Spirit. And so for us to grow and become mature, we need to receive that from one another. Do you get the picture? It goes on, it says, he will glorify me. Because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. One of the ways you can tell whether somebody is giving you the truth from God through the Spirit is this. Ask yourself, does it glorify Jesus Christ? Simple question, does it glorify Jesus Christ? If the truth you are receiving does not glorify Jesus Christ, it is not coming from the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God will always glorify Jesus Christ. Very important. 
So then how, how do we hear the voice of God's Spirit? This is the million-dollar question, isn't it? How? Well, first, we focus on the Word of God. The Spirit is the one that wrote the Word of God. So in the Word of God here is the Spirit of God. So as we read God's Word, as we meditate on God's Word, we hear the Spirit of God speaking to us. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. The breath of God went through all of this. The bits we like, the bits we don't like. But it's all there for purpose and reason to teach us. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Spirit is there teaching us through the Word of God. And as we spend time in the Word, as we focus on the Word... then we will hear the Spirit of God. And equally, if somebody says something to you that is not, doesn't line up with the Word of God, it is not the Spirit of God speaking. The Spirit of God will always speak in line with the Word of God. That's our anchor point. It says in John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, Jesus says this. This is about the vine and the branches. Ask whatever you wish. Those words are to remain in us. The word of God needs to be continually flowing into us and through us. Because as we read, so the Spirit reveals new things to us over and over and over again. Have you ever read parts of the scripture where you, you read it and then you suddenly read it again? Some well-known stories and suddenly you go, man, I never saw that before. You've been like that? Yeah. Yeah. So at church the other week, and they were talking about Daniel and his friends going into the fiery furnace. You know, those three friends with the completely unpronounceable names. Yeah, that one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those three. You know, I never, I never thought, uh, somebody said, you know what, they never did anything wrong, those three friends. Sometimes they said in life, you'll get put into the furnace even when you've done nothing wrong. And I went, you know what, I never thought about that from that passage before. But it's so true. They were just merely going on their way, worshipping God. And they ended up in a furnace. They tried to get killed just for doing what was right. And the word, the Spirit, will show you new things as you read his word. Secondly, listen to God's people. Any believer, and now I'm talking here about God's people, not church people. There's a difference. People who have the Spirit of God within them. You can come to church your whole life and never have the Spirit of God, right? But you know people that have the Spirit of God within you. Listen to them because the Spirit speaks through each one of us. He imparts His wisdom through us. So, if you love Jesus Christ, if you have the Spirit of God within you, then listen to those people around you that have that same Spirit. Because God can use them to speak into your life the things that you need to know. Isaiah verse, chapter 6, verse 8 to 9a, says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? This is His calling. And who will go for me? 
And I said, here I am. Here am I. Send me. And he said, go and tell the people this stuff. The prophets of old were just that, weren't they? They heard from the Spirit of God, thus saith the Lord, like Micah 1. The word of the Lord came to Micah. Right? Just all the prophets, the word of the Lord came to them and they spoke it to other people. And that continues today in his church, in the people of God, where God will speak to individuals and say, I've got a word here. Or you'll be talking to them and you'll hear the word of Christ, the word through the Spirit of God, speaking through them into your situation. Listen to the people around you. But always, and here's a big red flag, always, always, always test the Spirit to see whether it's from God. Always test it. Do never, ever, 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 ever take what someone says straight away and say, this must be the Spirit of God speaking to me and therefore I'm going to put it into practice. Don't do that. That's foolishness. Test the Spirit of God, the Word says in 1 John 4, 1, to make sure it's from God. How? It's a different sermon, but quickly. Firstly, does it line up with Scripture? If it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's not from God. Secondly, if you're unsure, ask God to confirm it in a different way through a different person or a different situation. Ask Him. You think God can't confirm it to you in another person in another way? Just say, thank you very much for what you said. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray on that. I'm going to think of that. Thirdly, is it, is it, has it got peace in your heart about it? If you don't have peace, if you have unrest in your heart, then often God is saying, you know what, this, this, this is not from me. Even the most spiritual people sometimes get it wrong. I heard about a, a really well-known prophet in, uh, in the United States. And God, God said to him, like, to follow up some of the prophecies, he had these massive meetings where people would come forward and he would have prophetic words, words of knowledge that he would give to them. And God said to him, follow it up, all those ones. So Because he, he, people filled in cards when they had words of knowledge, he had addresses and phone numbers, contact numbers, and he just spent time, he spent a couple of months phoning around a few years later saying, did that word of knowledge that I gave to you come true or not? He found about 70, 75% of them came true. But 25, 30% didn't. Some didn't come true in the way that he'd put it, but they, they were helpful. And others were just wrong. And it was the same evenings, meetings, where he would give words of knowledge, right? And he suddenly realized that He's a work in progress as well. He's not 100% infallible. And so we have a responsibility that comes from Scripture to test everything. Every message that you hear me preach, do you go home and test it and say, is that true to the Word of God or not? Or do you just say, because David preached it, it must be true. Because Pauline preached it, it must be true. Because I know David and I know Pauline. You know, I know the people who preach. Test it out. Is this really true to Scripture? Is this really true? Ask God for an, a way to authenticate it. 
I do that all the time. If somebody gives me a message or I feel God has given me a message, I say, Lord, thank you so much. Now just show me by someone else, some other situation, some other way in which you're going to just bring that same message to me so that I know it's from you. It's not just my own thinking, my own hopes, my own dreams, my own desires. It's really from you. Then you can act on it with confidence. But listen to God's people because God's spirit loves to work through his people. And thirdly, listen in prayer. Listen in your own prayers. Listen to God when you pray. Don't just come to God, Lord, got this problem, I'm going to pray for that. This person's really bugging me, I'm going to pray for your blessing in their life. And bless them so much that you'll move them out of my life so they won't bug me anymore. And Lord, I'm going to pray for this and I'm going to pray for that. And thanks very much, Lord, and I'm out of here. Spend time listening. Be still and know that I am God. Jesus said in John 10, I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them. They too will what? Listen to my voice. Jesus wants to speak to us. The whole Bible is full of the message of God saying, I want to speak to my people. I want to speak to them in ways they understand. I want to speak to them in ways that they comprehend. I want to just keep on speaking to them. I want to be in their ear. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit of God so that I can speak not just through my son, but I can speak to everybody all the time because I love to speak to my people to people I love. God will speak to you if you listen. In Acts 2, Pentecost, he said, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. That's these days. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. What's prophecy? What's visions? What's dreams? It's hearing from God, isn't it? And God will speak to you in a way that's unique to you. But if you listen, the Spirit of God will be speaking. He speaks to all of his children all the time. All the time. Focus on the word. Listen to God's people and listen in prayer. Somebody put it like this. They said, not only was the Holy Spirit sent to impart knowledge and facts, lessons from scripture and theological truths, but he also teaches us how to live our Christian lives with divinely artistic skill. If we're listening, the Holy Spirit is teaching us constantly. Our responsibility is to listen, obey, internalize that truth, and put into practice the truths he's teaching us. And then as well, teach others those same truths that we're receiving. Paul said it like this. 
let the message of Christ dwell among you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let me ask you today, what's the Spirit of God saying to you? What's the Spirit of God been saying to you lately? How is He teaching you? Are you listening? If you can't answer that question, then you need to be on your knees and say, Lord, help me to tune in to you. Help me to worship you. Help me, Spirit of God, to listen to your voice because he's speaking. It's just maybe you're not listening. But also the question is, who are you teaching? Because as the Spirit teaches you, you are sent to teach others. So who are you teaching today? Who has God brought within your sphere and said, this person, these people, you need to be teaching them the message that I'm teaching you right now. Not because you have it all sorted, not because you've got all the answers, but because they need to know, they need to hear the message that I'm teaching you. Go tell them. I want you to close your eyes. And just think for a moment. What are the things that God is saying to you? What has he been saying to you this morning? Where are you? Do you need to hear from him? Maybe business has come in the way of your life. You stop listening. Maybe you're not sure what he's trying to say to you or, and you need that confirmation from the Spirit. Ask him. Ask him to confirm what he wants you to learn. And who are you teaching today? Who is it he wants you to impart the knowledge that he's taught you into so that they can be blessed through the Spirit of God too.